You're listening to Special Programming, sponsored by Making Moves Life Coaching Services. The content of Veterans Affairs Plus does not reflect the views or opinions of Public Radio KUNV, the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, or the Board of Regents of the Nevada System of Higher Education. Good morning, Las Vegas. This is Veterans Affairs Plus on 91.5 Jazz and More. I'm Dave Washington, your host. Once again, good morning. have several announcements. First of all, I'd like to express condolences to all families who may have lost loved ones over the past, uh, past month. Uh, to Steve Stowers and his family, we'd like to ask God to give them the strength to to get through what they've just gone through and the loss of his special uncle, and that's uh, Henry Dollar. He lost him just a few days ago. And you did a great job with the eulogy, uh, Steve, so we just want to acknowledge that. Uh, Valley View Golf Club will be hosting their 63rd annual golf tournament October 22nd and 23rd at Shamir Golf Club. Man, I got some birthdays to share with family members. Birthday this month, Amira, my granddaughter. Angel, my daughter. Chris, my grandson. Kasara, my granddaughter. Nathan, my son-in-law. Kathy, my sister. Bonnie Janelle and Charlotte Janelle. Also, I'd like to acknowledge that EOB, the Economic Opportunity Board, is celebrating 50 years of service to our Clark County community. And then finally, I want to say to my daughter, Amber and son-in-law Nathan, congratulations on your anniversary. 19 years. Keep rolling. And also another piece of information I want to share with everyone is that to remember to check out the Wellness Center Dispensary at 9030 West Flamingo. 9030 West Flamingo. To all the vets out there who may need some help, please contact Service Officer Tony Marshall at 301 537-9465, Tony Marshall. We have the ninth annual three-on-three basketball tournament, October 22nd at UNLV. We have Mr. Earl and Mr. Walt. They're going to go into some details about that in in the second segment of our show. But um, our first guest, whom I've known, we've, we're public safety officers. I'm in fire. He's in police. Uh, Jeff Jones, he is the new commander of American Legion Post 10. Uh, good morning. Good morning, sir. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, um, again, Jeffrey Jones. I am the new commander for Peter Gunn Memorial Post Number 10 uh, here in Las Vegas. I'm originally from Louisville, Kentucky. Um, graduated high school in 1980, and in 1981 I joined the Air Force, and I served 20 years uh, in the Air Force itself. Uh, one of my highlights, or a couple of my highlights, I was a member of the uh, Air Force Thunderbirds for four years, 
Uh, so that was a, a big thrill to travel with them all around the world uh, doing air shows. And I am a uh, Desert Storm veteran. I did go all the way over to Saudi Arabia. But um, after my 20 years with the military, I got on with the Metro uh, Police Department as a corrections officer. And I retired in January of this year after 20 years, four months of serving. Okay, great. Now, you said you, were, you worked with the, uh, the Thunderbirds. Yes, sir. What, what capacity was that? Well, um, it's all one big team, so we kind of mm-hmm. share all the jobs. My uh, career field, I was weapons, so the aircraft have to be able to be turned back into fighting aircraft, not just for the air demonstration. So with my job, it was a two-position uh, team on uh, personnel on the team. Mm-hmm. And I was one of those individuals there for the impost carts, the missile launchers, bomber racks, and things of that nature. But we have to have to have those people on the team itself. Right. But I was doing more of the uh, technical tech data, tool, tools, and everything else, supply. Great. So you recently became the commander of the post. So when did that occur? Uh, that was in June, the first Saturday of June, June 3rd of this year. Um, like I say, my vision uh, for the post itself is trying to not only give it a facelift, but to try to get some of the pro- programs and things that we should be doing as a post uh, back together for the community. An example of the types of programs that you... Well, the scouts, we need to work with our youth for one, so we're trying to get a Boy Scout group over at our post itself. We're going to be doing food distribution uh, for the community, not only food, but household products and things that they'll be needing uh, for that. Again, you spoke of Tony Marshall for the other veterans that come through to try to get uh, some of the disability claims through him. Mm-hmm. Uh, we provide an avenue for them to come by because uh, he was working at his house, so now he has a place within our facility to do that. So we're just doing things of that nature, you know, raising money if, uh, if there's a veteran out there that needs help. Um, Right now, we get ready to give away four wheelchairs uh, this coming Thursday. For We're actually going to give them to our church, but it's going to come through the post itself. So wherever the community you know, asks us to do, if it's something we can do, we, we're looking to do that for them. Outstanding. So you got a few projects. In fact, you got something coming up, I believe, at the end of the month for youth? Uh, yes. Well, at the end of October, yes, we have our trunk or treat. We're going to have that out in the parking lot. Um, this is one of the annual events that they put on as well as we do for Christmas. But our auxiliary, we have a auxiliary, and it's majority of ladies, so they're going to be running that. But I will be out there and help it, uh, in any capacity I can, or giving away uh, candies or if it's just security or helping the kids across the street. I want to make sure the safety is our main concern. Sure. You um, have a number of programs. That's That's good. Now, tell me, what are you going to do with respect to recruitment? And any, any particular goals or ideas you have along those lines? Well, we all as veterans, like I said, it's just the stories we tell. So if we have members that are out and about, we can always share that. Right now, October 22nd, we're going to be out at uh, Craig Ranch uh, Park for the annual Veterans Military Appreciation. So we will have a booth out there, and we'll be giving away some pamphlets and talking to the individuals that come out about our post itself. And if it's another post somewhere closer to where they live, about joining that. So Mm -hmm. it's not all about posting. It's just about the veterans getting together that's closer to them. Excellent. Excellent. Um, I really would like to know as well um, what you did. I know you recently had a attended a national convention, if I remember correctly. Uh, yes, uh, 
earlier in the, uh, September, I went to Milwaukee, Wisconsin mm-hmm. for the 103rd Annual American Legion's Convention. Uh, that was my first time on a national convention level as I was being a uh, commander. I have done the district meetings in the state, but that was the first time on a national. Um, but it's different than what I'm used to because I'm part of the Masonic body, uh, mm-hmm. past grandmaster. So I've been around through a lot of national conventions, but that one's a little different. But it was just good to be around the other veterans and seeing all the different avenues that are out there mm-hmm. that are there to support us. But a lot of times that information doesn't get fed back, back into the community. So right. my job is to go get it and bring it back home. Excellent. So you were the only one to attend, or were there others from from Post 10? I was the only one from Post 10. Okay. So I trust that we uh, help to take care of your expenses, I hope, as a member, because I am a member there. (laughs) And if we aren't doing it, we need to be. No, it's a a little stipend, but like I said, it's one of those things that just lead by example. Mm -hmm. So if it comes, fine. If it don't, I have to be the person I said I would be, being in that position. I can't base it on money, so whatever it is. God has blessed me, so... I do things out of my heart, and it comes back around. Sure. Well, we certainly appreciate you coming to spend some time with us and sharing information with our audience, and we're trying to continue to build that audience, of, particularly of veterans who may have need. And, again, I always try to mention Tony Marshall each time we have the show because we want people who need help to get out there and get it. So any closing remarks from you, sir? No, I appreciate what you're doing. I appreciate, uh, you know, reaching out to me. I know we've been a, a while trying to get this done. Uh, like I said, I've been knowing you for a long time and your capacity within the fire department and me coming through Metro. And it's just good that we can connect together to work together on something. So um, I'm just looking forward that I can do anything for you. Um, just let me know. And the American Legion Post, where our doors open Wednesday through Sunday. If anybody wants to come through from 1 o'clock until 10 o'clock and come in, we can talk. And what's the address again? It's uh, 1905 H Street. Okay, great. All right, Commander Jeff Jones, we appreciate you your service as well as coming in and talking to our audience. So uh, we appreciate you, and we'll have you back on again sometime in the future. Once again, good morning. This is Veterans Affairs Plus. Our next guest uh, got a number of things, as I mentioned early on, about the three-on-three program that they're involved with, Mr. Earl White and Mr. Walter Waiters. Please tell us a little bit about what you guys got going on. Uh, Walters, Walters, I said Waiters, Walters. (laughs) You can call me anything. No, 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 no. I want to be straight. Well, listen, first of all, thank you for having us on your program, Dave. Uh, We're excited about our upcoming ninth annual three-on-three uh, co-ed boys and girls mm-hmm. basketball cool. tournament safe neighborhood youth basketball tournament on October 22nd at uh, UNLV at the uh, Student Recreation and Wellness Center um, this is the ninth year and I'm going to let Walt share how we how this all came about how this was birthed because it came from an idea that he had Sure. That, well, uh, David thank you for having us we appreciate it uh, this started 12 or 13 years ago. Mm-hmm. Earl and I, uh, I own a security company here in town and have since 2002. Okay. And Earl and I were, were driving around town uh, one day and noticed all the campuses that we went by that were elementary schools mm-hmm. were empty, mm-hmm. no children. This was a, at some time between 2.30 and 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And 
we felt uh, from our past, that's some place that we always went. We were in our schools uh, playing football, playing basketball, doing something at the mm-hmm. school, mm-hmm. and we didn't see that. So we we talked with Metro, uh, Kevin McMahill, and some other folks, and uh, we developed uh, – we wanted to have a basketball uh, tournament that wasn't designed to have the best basketball players in Las Vegas. It right. was just kids and parents that could bring their kids to an event that didn't cost them an arm and a leg. Right. It's all free. Everything here is free, even the food they eat, the mm-hmm. water they drink. Mm-hmm. Uh, the kids are coached uh, by Metro and other law enforcement, uh, North North uh, Las Vegas Police Department with Henderson Police Department, who's a, a partner of ours, a valued mm-hmm. partner. Mm-hmm. And they get to play. Uh, and the ki- uh, the officers officiate the games as well. And that's oh, really? A, oh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, you got to see how competitive now, now how me, competitive they are. Let me ask you this: So, do the children, the young folks, do they know that these are officers? Yes, sir. They they already know that they're officers mm-hmm. before they be do the refereeing. That's Interesting. correct. Interesting. Yeah. And our whole point there, uh, at that time in in our history, uh, there was some unrest in terms of the way mm-hmm. police officers were looked at. There there was a certain amount of disrespect, and we wanted kids to be able to begin at an early age mm-hmm. to develop a relationship with a police officer. Good point. And it's, it's, it's been super. We're, we're really appreciative of everything that's gone on over the last, this is our ninth annual, mm-hmm. would have been uh, our 12th, but uh, the COVID stepped in there. <laughs> and derailed a whole lot of stuff. That's right. You know, yeah. and one person that you mentioned, you mentioned Earl, that, that is, I feel as a colleague, I sat on Metro's uh, multicultural committee, Kevin McMahill. What a good man. Amen. Good Amen. man. Good we agree man. with you. And, you know, Dave, real quick, the kids don't have to have a skill level. We just want them to come out and play. So w- when the cops referee, they're not calling penalties or nothing. <laughs> if the kid takes the ball and runs and right. not dribble, right. it's, it's okay. okay. Right. You know, I mean, yeah. the older kids, yeah, you, you want know, but, but the little kids— no, that they makes just, sense. It's a scrum. No, that, you know, that makes sense. Soccer scrum, yeah. Right, right. <laughs> so we have a lot. And then the other thing, like Walt mentioned, you know, we wanted to address, we didn't want a kid to grow up and see a police officer when they're 12 and 13 and take off and run or do something right. because of how they've been tra- raised or trained on how to interact with a police officer. Right, right. One of the greatest things we we came out of this is a kid. Now, this is 6 to 12, boys and girls. Right, right. We've had some kids that have been playing almost for six years. Mm, mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, they and, and they feel comfortable around the police officer. They know where the police officer. And then the other benefit is the family comes out, and they have a different take. Right. You know? Now, you, you mentioned co-ed, which is cool, because I mm-hmm. think we have to keep girls engaged oh. to things as well. That's, that's <laughs> right. It's important for us as well. The other thing, Dave, that I want to bring up is that UNLV is our main partner in this, okay. along with the law enforcement. Uh-huh. And it's the, the parents— and the kids can, it talks about they have college readiness activities, mm. camp, campus tours, mm-hmm. uh, parent resources, all kinds of different things. And we believe that the academic p- 
piece of this is just as important as the athletics, probably more. Absolutely. Kids need at an early age start to begin to, and parents to plan mm-hmm. uh, financially uh, what they're going to do with college and look at a college and look at you. So you guys do a, a full family matter pretty much mm-hmm. with, this, yes, sir. with this activity. Yes, sir. That is great. So, Earl, tell me, um, with it being co-ed, what's, the, what's the, the mix, if you will? Is it 30, 30 70, or, or do you have a general idea of what the mix is between the boys? and the I think David's got it about right. Yeah. I've, I've tried to figure that out, but it's about 30, 30 70, 70. Mm-hmm. Uh, females to, to males. Mm-hmm. And uh, they get along great. It's, so age-wise, you get, you get the gamut on the age for the yeah. young women. Six, six to eight, mm-hmm. uh, eight to nine, nine and, to ten. I mean, and nine to ten. Okay. I'm sorry, six to eight, nine to ten, <laughs> eleven to twelve. <laughs> yeah. So great. So any other requirements? And and you do the tournament annually, but there's other activities. I'm assuming throughout the year. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, we have a we have a full after school and. Walt and I, we just concentrate on elementary school. All our programs are built around elementary school okay. kids because we found that we get greater parent involvement and participation mm-hmm. with the parents. And our whole thing is connecting the parents, the kid, the school, the whole gamut on having a healthy community. And part of doing things like this is to have a healthy community right. and a healthy outlook. And so we, you know, we are, uh, we do a track. A track, uh, track and field. Mm-hmm. Track meet. Um, mm-hmm. The greatest event. I'm going to let Earl finish, yeah. but I want to talk to you about what I think is the best best thing we've ever done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We do track. We do we did soccer this year because of the Hispanic population mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. wanted that, and man, that that blew up. You know, and that and we did that here at UNLV. Uh, we got the basketball tournament, soccer, and and, and the academic and, Olympics. Dave, we we started that program. I thought that. You know, there's some kids as we went around to the elementary schools mm-hmm. that really aren't either they don't like sports or they're not as good at sports and they they don't have the opportunity to play. And uh, so we started the academic Olympics in the same age groups and it it's up at UNLV. The kids sit at a table just like they would if they were in jeopardy. Mm-hmm. They're asked questions by a professor at UNLV. Mm-hmm. Their parents are in the audience, and they have buzzers. Oh, cool. And they buzz in their answers, and it's just a wonderful event. It's terrific. That is excellent. And one thing you said earlier that really just piqued my thought, and that is you say, you know, you, as you guys are riding around doing your jobs, Hey man, these schools are vacant. Why would we let these schools sit here vacant? That's which is which is which is novel, but you know, like we should think about that. We have facilities that are open and nobody's doing it. I mean, not open, but but vacant. So well, they're 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 available for use, right? And they're right in the community, right? The kids go; they just like <laughs> to go play, just like you're going to school. Excellent. So. We always felt, David, that they're an asset in the community for, for the community to use. Right. And uh, that's why it spiked our interest so much. Okay, great. And I would like to, you know, Walt and I spent a lot of time together, and we're, uh, we're both from Southern California, and we, we're both community. We just, that's in our blood. It's just like when I met you mm-hmm. years ago. Right. First thing I asked you to do is help me coach football. <laughs> Yeah. Remember that, Doherty? We oh, were yeah. coaching those kids in the house, and Doherty, and then you turned around and had me coach basketball, yeah. the girls' basketball and, and team. I, and I also <laughs> said, I don't care how good this guy is because he was just a natural talent. Right. I said, 
Coach, if he plays in the first half, I'm going home and I won't be back. I mean, he was so good, but he was just always oh, acting up. He was, he was a, a perfect talent, man. But you have to— Character. Make, your character, you know, use better judgment to get things right. That's right. Look, gentlemen, you know, time runs very quickly. So uh, closing remarks from you. And again, you're doing a great job, and I will do what I can to support what you're doing. Well, we thank you for having us on sure. today so that we can get our message out even more. We want to thank all of law enforcement uh, the good people in the community that help us every day mm-hmm. with this, sure. the teachers mm-hmm. that are on board, and the Clark County uh, uh, School District—they're they're trying to help more this year than they ever have. Great, and no. so we're happy with that. Thank All you, right. absolutely. Hey, thank you. Hey, thank you guys for coming in, and y'all can thank Galaxy Glenn because I heard you guys say how to get these guys <laughs> on my show. Thank you, gentlemen. All right, well, thank you, Dave. Hey. Thank you, Earl. Good sure. you again, Great bro. job. All right, now. Once again, this is Veterans Affairs Plus. I'm Dave Washington, your host. We're in our final segment here, and we're going to talk to a cousin of mine, Chef Albert Washington. Yes, we are kin folks. You know what, Albert? I didn't realize you were a native Las Vegan. Yes, I am. Yeah, because I'm like, the, uh, my initial question to you, where were you born? You said, in Las Vegas. I'm like, <laughs> so how you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you this morning? I am well. I am well. I appreciate you uh, calling in, and, and, and I have a couple questions for sure. And one is, when and where and how did you decide to get into the culinary arts? Well, it started at a young age. Uh, of course, you know, my older sister, Hattie, mm-hmm. she, my aunt and my grandmother taught her how to cook. Mm-hmm. And they actually made good food. And I said, wow, that's kind of nice. And I, uh, it was something that I always gravitated to. Mm-hmm. And then when I was in uh, high school, I started working in the casinos. And I was a busboy. I was actually reading the culinary handbook. And at that time, in the back of the book, they had the wages in there. And the wages were... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, highest wages were bartenders and then the cooks. And uh-huh. I was too young to be a bartender. So right. I said, well, I'm going to be a cook. Uh-huh. And I, we had a young chef on property. The executive chef was actually uh, uh, about 23 years old. Mm-hmm. And uh, I started uh, communicating with him and uh, talking to him about how to actually be a chef. And he took me on his wing and became my mentor, and I went from there. Oh, great. It's interesting. You know, when I served in the Army, I was a cook. And when I got out, I went to gourmet cook school because it was my goal to be a gourmet cook. And right. I got, uh, it was at the old MGM, and I went, they placed you out of this uh, gourmet cook school, and I was a food runner to the help hall. And eight hours a day, man, I don't need no eight hours to fill no pantry. I did it in about four hours. I did it in about four hours. And Chef Pierre, he said, uh, all right, Washington, I'm going to give you a raise. You're going to be a dish-up man in the help saw. Okay, cool. Right. And then they found out I knew how to flip them eggs in a saucepan, and they knew I had gone to cooks. Uh, I want you to relieve the cooks. Are you going to give me a raise? He said, no. You just got a raise, right. Washington. Albert, right. you know, when you're young and, and wild and crazy, as I was, I quit on the spot, married with children at the time as well. I mean, I don't know if we had, 
we didn't have all four then. I don't think. I think we had two or three children. But anyway, uh, dummy quit. But I had already taken the fire department exam and and got in there. So I know that you were down in uh, Louisiana one time. We were down south, and and you were I think in Shreveport somewhere. I was in Shreveport working for Caesar's Entertainment at the Horseshoe Bowyer City, mm. and uh, it kind of expanded what I was doing, that's where I learned a lot of the down-home Southern-type cooking and a lot of the Cajun cuisine from the three years that I've actually spent down in uh, Louisiana. You know what What I admire about you as a, as a chef is, you know, I've been to many functions that you have uh, catered, and the way you, because one thing that they say, particularly in gourmet school, is the presentation. Man, you you present stuff, man, make you want to eat the table. I mean, the way the, no, seriously, the way you lay it out, man, it just makes it that much more appetizing, just from the look of it, if that makes sense. It does, uh, and I, that was, again, from the mentor I had at the marina. His name was Chef Edward Kane, mm. and he had a big portrait in his office, and it said, you're... Uh, work is a portrait of yourself. Mm. And uh, every day I'd go in and, and speak with chefs, I would see that. It said, your portrait is a, uh, you know, is a, is a, your work is a portrait of yourself. Mm-hmm. So he taught me presentation. Wow, okay. And uh, I just always, uh, and I wrestle with it because I have a pet peeve of being perfect, which no one is. Right, right. But I always wrestle with making things uh, look very appetizing and uh, most of all taste good. And that comes from when I went to school and I took a class called aromatics. Uh Aromatics is something that uh, a class where they put all the spices on the table. You learn about the spices, and the final exam was you're blindfolded, mm-hmm. and then you have to taste the spice and tell the instructor exactly what it was. And it was 25 different spices, and you had to get 22 of the 25 wow. correct to pass the course. <laughs> well, so that aid can make some food taste good. Great. Well, look, you know, my mother had a restaurant for a short period of time back in the day, and I know that you have a restaurant, and I admire you taking on that task of being a business owner. So how did that come about? And the name we want right. to know. Oh, it came about uh, during the pandemic. Well, it was always a dream of mine to have my own restaurant. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when the pandemic started and everybody was being laid off and things were closing, and uh, so my wife and I started looking around for uh, places to open the restaurant. Mm-hmm. So we can start out uh, with... Uh, doing it and delivering it. Right. And that's exactly what I did. I started with a ghost kitchen mm. and we were a pickup delivery business. Okay. Unfortunately, uh, I lost my wife to breast cancer mm-hmm. and our restaurant was going to be called Fat Albert's. It was T-H-A-T, <laughs> so right. it was going to be Fat Albert's. Right. And uh, when I lost her to breast cancer, in honor of her, mm-hmm. I decided to change the name to Dollars. So that's how we came up with Darla's Southern Cajun Bistro. Great. Her name's Darlene, mm-hmm. and my niece just calls her T.T. Darla. So that's where Darla comes from. Huh? 
mentioned uh, you named it after your wife after she passed yeah. away. So yeah. what's the cuisine and give us the location if you would. We're at uh, 1100 North MLK Boulevard, Las Vegas, Nevada, 89106 is our zip code. Uh, we specialize uh, in a modern approach mm-hmm. to Southern Cajun cuisine. So it's not the old type of Cajun stuff you see, right. but it's a modern approach. We have gumbos, we have po' boys, mm-hmm. uh, catfish, smothered pork chops, pork chops, fried chicken, so that's the southern part, and then the Cajun part is, of course, the po' boys and the gumbo, and we have a Cajun pasta on the menu. Mm-hmm. So, and it, it, our main focus was to create a dining restaurant right. that was compatible to the hotel casino when you go in and right. sit down and you have a great uh, experience. That's that's our approach to it, mm-hmm. to do something like that in the community where we live. Right. Well, we'll get you back on the show again, Albert, because I know that there's a number of things that you are planning to do at your location. In fact, I'm going to call you at once we get off the air because I got some, some thoughts that I want to share with you that I got from Mr. Frank Hawkins. So thank you, Chef. Albert Washington for your time with us today and I trust that people will come by and visit and thank you for allowing several of us to have a a book signing there which was very successful so thank you as we move into our fall season we ask that God continue to bless all of us and thank you for your time this is Veterans Affairs Plus on 91.5 Jazz and More